It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.07 on a Saturday morning, 50 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, a Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful. I'm accompanied today by Clint Waltz, just like the dance, he says. Clint Waltz, the University of Georgia professor who teaches turf science at Georgia at the Griffin Experiment Station. And Clint, recently, y'all got a bunch of money to build a new greenhouse. What is, <clears throat> what is the deal down there? It was actually a statewide facilities enhancement project that uh, the 2014 Georgia General Assembly and, um, and Governor Deal uh, helped us acquire. So uh, we have campuses in, in Athens, obviously, but we have program in Athens, Tifton, and Griffin. And uh, this facilities enhancement mm-hmm. actually helped program at all three of those campuses. So in Athens, uh, we were able to add a headhouse and greenhouses for our teaching program and research there. Uh, down in Tifton, Dr. Brian Schwartz uh, got some new greenhouses and headhouse where he was previously working in the facilities that Glenn Burton used back in the 40s and 50s to develop Tifway Bermuda grass. Mm-hmm. So it was about time those got upgraded. And then in Griffin, we got uh, a lion's share of the money to, to put in for seven faculty programs. So it's offices, labs, headhouse, greenhouse ranges, classroom, and a, a conference room associated with that facility in Griffin. So um, we, we helped our turf program statewide through through that project. Now, listeners may say to themselves, yeah, okay, we like nice green lawns, big big deal. <laughs> so why do we get all these professors? Why do we have all these enhancements to our turf program? What economic benefit is that to actually the state of Georgia? Some of our, our numbers are, are a little aged now, but we were somewhere last we had well over pushing three billion dollars economic impact uh, in turf on on the state of georgia alone on an annual basis so you start taking golf and that's that's my job responsibility is all areas of turf statewide so golf sports fields uh that includes park and rec and you know some of you out there listening probably watched some high school sports last night so that's that's kids playing on sure. on those fields as well so golf sports fields um Lawn and, and, and uh, lawn care, um, and uh, sod production. So all those areas are within what I assist with and, and help do research and, and education on in the state. And it's a massive industry in the state of Georgia where turf contributes. And if you've been down to South Georgia, you may not have seen because they're not all near the highway. But there are some turf farms near the highway. Big turf farms could be how big, Clint? Uh, one of our larger producers is somewhere right around what is it? Five, six, seven thousand acres. Um, I'd say on average, most of our, our sod producers in the state are somewhere eight to nine hundred acres on average. But we've got a few that are over thousand um, out there. Um, seem like uh, overall we're pushing somewhere right around twenty-seven thousand acres in, in turf production statewide, uh, which is about half of what it was back in '08 before the uh, the housing market collapsed. Yeah. So we're still less than half volume or, or production than what we were back in the uh, in the early 2000s. Imagine having to take care of a thousand acre lawn, but in effect, that's what they're doing. They're growing grass, but then they're harvesting the grass, shipping it off to somebody in Georgia or somewhere else in the southeast, and then growing another thousand acres right on top of it. And that is what 
Clint and his staff and the other colleagues do for the University of Georgia is to make sure those sod producers know what they're doing and impact the beauty and the uh, playability, I guess, of some of the fields in Georgia, but also to make sure that we have the latest and greatest turf varieties. You mentioned Glenn Burton, who developed the TIF way, TIF, mm-hmm. all, the, all the TIF um, grass seeds, Bermuda grass seeds mostly, that have TIF in front of were developed down in Tifton, Georgia. Correct. And um, they were patented, some of them were patented. Uh, TIF Tough, I believe, is... TIF Tough is our new one. It was released about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so it came out of, of the Tifton breeding program down there. It's our new Bermuda grass. And... Uh, you know, tough comes from uh, t- kind of tough as nails. <laughs> so uh, it's drought hardiness, and we've got the research to back this up and document it. And uh, the amount of research and effort that goes into releasing these new grasses, most folks would be quite su- surprised with. Um, it's not just a matter of a new grass. It generally takes it somewhere 7 to 12 years before we release a grass. We have a nice re- educational or uh, research package that comes yeah. along with it. So Tiff Tough is, is, um, uh, requires less water to grow. Once it's established, then, then some of our other Bermuda grasses, which are still very drought-hardy grasses themselves, but Tiff Tough is even more so. So the, the inputs on it are, are less. Um, it, it tolerates nematodes uh, better. Mm-hmm. Now, for the Atlanta market, nematodes aren't quite as big of an issue, but you get south and in sandier soils, nematodes can be a problem um, out, out there. So anything that compromises that root system, and then from a production standpoint, it's a very aggressive grass that, that recovers real quick, so soil loss and that kind of thing, erosion, um, is is less. And um, I mentioned the word patented. So mm-hmm. I mean, when you patent something, you get royalties. The University of Georgia gets royalties from these patented grasses. That's correct. And uh, it, that money comes. Some of that money comes back into continuing on of these breeding programs. So the next generation is even better than what we have now. Hmm. So uh, it, the research doesn't stop. The, the creativity amongst our scientists doesn't stop of trying to improve, whether it's drought or disease resistance or insect tolerance or, or low mo capabilities or no mo capabilities or, or what have you. Deal. That is why turf is important to the state of Georgia. We got questions on the line. Brenda is not exactly a lawn question, but something is happening bad to her lawn. She doesn't like it a lot. Hey, Brenda. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, so what's going on with your lawn, Brenda? Uh, just it, wildlife in general. But, uh, yes, we just can't get rid of, like, the moles. And now we have an armadillo that has just, like, made its home. And, I mean, our lawn is just all these little burrows every morning where they just come through. And we've been told that it, we, there's grubs. And that's, you know, there's a nice food source there apparently for for them. <laughs> And we just need to know how to get rid of that. We want to put down sod, but right now it's like... <laughs> you say, why I put down sod for the armadillo to dig back up. up again? Big exactly. deal. Exactly. I mean, we live, in a, we live basically in the woods. So, yeah. you know, there's lots of good wildlife there. But it, it's just so... <laughs> just when the line starts looking good, some new invader comes and just digs, just burrows and digs, and it's, it's crazy. So... Apparently we got a food source. So, what you got any suggestions on that? Sorry, armadillos, Clint. Let's talk about armadillos. They do eat grubs. They eat earthworms, and exactly. they dig, dig, dig with their little noses and tear up a garden or a landscape bed. What would you do? Well, there's a little bit of a misnomer there that, that they certainly eat grubs and they do eat worms. And folks would go out and make an insecticide application, try to control the the grubs. But yet the armadillos don't leave. And you only get half the food source uh, mm-hmm. on that. And uh, more often than not, what we find is the armadillos are there enjoying the, 
the earthworms more than yeah. they, they are the grubs. So the insecticide okay. many times doesn't do as good a job uh, taking care of the wildlife. Um, you know, there's there's always the have a heart traps and try to trap them and, and relocate mm-hmm. them. Um, yeah. And, and then there's there's the side of me too that if you live out in the woods and not in the city yeah. limits and it's permissible you know find you like a benjamin pellet rifle or something other on yeah yeah this is really the first time but, we've had an armadillo we have more problems with the moles than anything uh, clint and i have strong opinions about mole control i'll let him go first because he is my oh, guest okay. and then i'll tell you why he's wrong but go, <laughs> <laughs> okay. go, go, go ahead clint so well it, it's it, walter and i do have and I wouldn't say it's strong opinion. It's one of these things that I'd like to base on research, and there is very little research based on this. But uh, I've I've thrown it out there because it's cost effective, it's economical, and it has some anecdotal, and, and it's purely anecdotal um, evidence. But uh, juicy fruit chewing gum, um, taking stick it in the holes, it doesn't kill the moles. What it does is apparently um it, there's again no documented proof to any of this uh it kind of kind of shifts them over and away from from the area that they were in uh so if you, you go get you a plenty pack what's you know what are they running nowadays maybe a buck and a quarter for a plenty pack of juicy fruit get get the juicy fruit not the not the big red not the spearmint or peppermint um uh, on a thing and then you just take a stick unwrap it i've had folks ask well do i unwrap it or leave it in the wrapper unwrap it uh, um, stick it in the stick it in the tunnel, and it, it just seems to deter them and make them go somewhere else. And it breaks down with time, from what I've told. I've told many people this. I've got no proof behind it. I wish I did. Give me a call and let me know. And I've had some folks <laughs> yeah. call back and say, you know, Clint, it it works for a period of time, maybe a month or so, and then I got to go back out and stick some more chewing gum in, in tunnels. They start to show back up in the yard, and um, so. Again, cost-effective. You're not going to hurt children or, or animals in the neighborhood or anything along those lines. And it's it's you know got somewhat of a purely anecdotal. Here, here's a man who spent ten minutes talking about the science of turf in Georgia and how much science is important to the citizens of Georgia. And then, I mean, <laughs> what if it's the scent of your finger on the juicy fruit chewing gum plant? What if it's just simply the digging up of the hole and putting the chewing gum in it that makes the mole go away? Well, why doesn't it do it with the big red? Apparently the big red doesn't work in the We would have experiment. to get various uh, yeah. brands of, of, of if, chewing gum. If I can get Wrigley out. to fund that project, we'll do it. You'll be on top of it. Guaranteed, Brenda, there will be a Wrigley turf field out of moles. We bring moles in from your yard, put them in Griffin for Clint to study, and they will study whether or not the juicy fruit does anything to control. My moles. other recommendation for the moles is go get you a good cat. Cats, dig them up. Eat them, well, not dig we them up, but they'll cat. catch them. Yeah, we have a cat, but he's about 20 pounds and he's no good for anything. A lazy cat. Lazy cat. For <laughs> the armadillo, going back to the armadillo, Brenda, um, if you really want to get rid of them or want to trap them, I guess, there's a technique called using a drift fence. Drift fence is just a little low fence and has to be more than 12 inches high, really. And you make a big wide V using a little piece of chicken wire 12 inches high and 20 feet long on one that. side, 20 feet long on the other side. It gradually narrows down to just an opening big enough for you to put the have a heart trap in. The armadillo, when it comes towards your lawn, encounters the V, is gradually you know, narrowed down to the trap, goes into the trap, the door slams shut, and the armadillo's inside saying, hey, hey, what's going on? I want to go to Brenda's lawn and eat some grubs. And then yeah. you pick up the trap and go to the riverside and see if he can swim very easily in eight feet of water, or you use your pellet rifle. You have to kill him. That's one of the things that's distasteful to a lot of us, but is still true by law. 
if you capture an armadillo, you are not allowed to relocate. You're not allowed to go and let it go in somebody else's uh, forest land or anything like that. Oh, okay. You're supposed to euthanize it. And so, 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 there you are. Okay. Well, like I said, we've tried everything, and and I even was told that I did a little research about spraying your line with vinegar. Yeah. And said have an extremely high sense of smell and uh, that they couldn't stand that. Or you could even use, like, you know, the fox urine and things like that that hunters put on themselves that they they don't like that type of thing. Brenda's Um, offering her lawn as a research project for anyone who wants to take it on, and Brenda will be happy to fund that for you. All the juicy fruit you can get is vinegar. (laughs) She'll be happy to get that on her lawn. Brenda, we got to go, but I do appreciate your call this morning. It's 819. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend, and the Southeast Large Largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. So Justin, who's it going to be next week? Frank Sinatra this week. Who's it going to be next week? Justin hasn't decided, but we'll have a, have a theme for next week, too. Justin Ove is being our trainee this morning to be sure he knows how to engineer the Lawn and Garden Show. When Jason is off, quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Generally cloudy, a little windy today, high 57. It's going to be chilly, a little 43 tonight. Tomorrow, mainly sunny, a nice good fall day, high of 71, low of 51 overnight. Full weekend forecast comes has been 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Karen in Buckhead joins us. Karen, hey, good morning. Good morning. How can we help? Um, I have a lot of house plants that stay outside during the summer, and they've got this aphid sap all over them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to clean it, because there's a lot of them. It's going to take a long time. Oh, it's not that, not that hard. Here's how you do it real quickly. Get two old cotton socks. You've got a couple of cotton socks in the drawer that don't have mates to them right now. It could be any kind of sock, really. It doesn't matter if it's cotton or not. One on one hand, one on the other hand, a little bit of soapy water in a bucket, and just go and put each leaf individually. It's going to take a little bit of time, Karen, but if you put each leaf individually, briefly between your palms, rub it just a smidge, and the aphid honeydew and other sooty mold and stuff like that comes right off the leaves. And yeah, you know, repeat that, repeat that, repeat that, and pretty soon you got them all clean. Oh. Great. Let me remind you, bad. Karen, today at 11.30, we have the Bulldog pregame show, and then the Bulldogs versus uh, Florida, whoever they are, uh, later on today. And that'll be a long time of great entertainment. You can listen to the radio, listen to the Bulldog coverage, and get your plants cleaned at the same time. That's great. Okay. I try to be helpful, Karen. I do my best. Right. <laughs> Thanks for calling. I can tell right, you don't really you. like that advice so much. But anyway... She was laughing at me, Clint. Can you believe that? Laughing. The University of Georgia Bulldogs right here, 1130. Bulldog coverage begins this morning for the kickoff later on in the day. It's 827. I would I would say turn off the turn off the TV broadcast. Listen here on the radio and then watch it on TV. That's fine. It's 827. We'll be back after news. 
It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 836 on a Saturday morning. My, my guess is morning, Clint Walsh maybe laugh because he said what he wants to do when he retires. What do you want to do, Clint? I want to go to work for Disney and do pyrotechnics. I want to shoot fireworks off for Disney. So, uh, some people have goals. Some people have dreams. <laughs> I want to spend a lot of money fast. <laughs> it won't be your money. It's Disney money you'll be doing. Even better. All right, you want to, all right, this is not money, but this is just a little bit of happiness you can bring to somebody's life, Clint. I will let you, instead of Ashley, I will let you choose which caller wins the prize. And Ashley said it cannot be over 20, if you prefer it, between 1 and 7. Thank you very much. Who wins the weekend prize, which includes a pair of tickets to see Jeff Lynn's ELO, Electric Light Orchestra. This is back in your time, Clint. Great album covers. Live in concert July the 5th, State Farm Arena. Tickets go on sale Monday, 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. But you can win a pair right now and plan your July right now. What caller between 1 and 7 wins, Clint? Four. Caller number four. Ashley, caller number four, 404 Zero seven fifty four zero four seven four one zero seven fifty. And the fourth caller gets to see Jeff Lynn's ELO Electric Light Orchestra. Ashley, not Ashley, Frasca, Mickey Gasway is with us right now. What am I talking about? Mickey Gasway is with us from Pike Nursery right now. And quite honestly, Mickey, I had to go look and see Electric Light Orchestra. Who were the what songs did they play that were the hits? And looked it up. And did you recognize any of them? Quite frankly, it was after my time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, new uh, Emerson Lake Ask and me Palmer. About the Ask me about the Beatles. The Beatles, right? <laughs> we do, do not have any tickets to the Beatles concert. No, 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 not at all today. But ELO, yes, was a little after my time. But Ashley is saying, but I've got four people right now. Lined up Way to go! Who all want to get go to see the ELO? Well, what we really want to do on a Saturday morning when it's rainy outside is go into the warmth and beauty and smelling good of Pike Nursery and see what is on sale. And Mickey Gasway is here to tell us this morning. What's going on, Mickey? Hey, how are you? Hey, I'm fine. Good, 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 good. Uh, today, the Pikes Pick are the, all the Doctor Earth fertilizers. Uh, you know, y'all have done a great job promoting Dr. Earth. They are good fertilizers. they got, got a lot of good ingredients, very fast release, which I like, but it's a lot of organic stuff in there as well. So you get both the advantage of a little boost for your, fertile, for your uh, annuals, like the pansies and annual cabbage and stuff like that. But you also have some long-lasting stuff in the Dr. Earth that does well for the rest of the winter. That's right, and it's totally organic. Yeah, and so, that's a good thing. A lot of people are looking for that now, so it, it is, and it's a great product. It really is. But I'm sure that you also have what pansies are what ninety ninety cents ninety seven. Yes, pansies. they are. And if you want to fertilize your pansies, um, what we are recommending is the annual bloom flower garden fertilizer by yeah. Doctor Earth. Right. So remember, annual bloom. And because pansies are annuals, just like petunias in the summer, they're annuals. Pansies are annuals too, but you could, as I mentioned, you use an ornamental cabbage, ornamental oh, kale. Oh, You can use it on anything, like sure. really. But uh, that's what we're recommending for the cam for the for the pansies. And we had the snapdragons, which were on sale last weekend. They would do nicely with the Doctor Earth. I think, they would. I yes, need to they get would. me a bag today. That's a great idea. I don't have any fertilizer to put on my snaps that I got last week. 
and I could run over to the Toco Pike and get me some Dr. Earth. All right, I'll do that. You need to do that. So tell us what else is going on in the greenhouse or classes and things like that, Mickey. We don't have any classes right now. I know we've got the one coming up in um, November. We've got the Williamsburg Reef class, which is coming up, and that's a great class mm-hmm. that's coming up. Um, of course, we've got mums. We've got beautiful, beautiful mums. And so everybody needs at least one or two or three or four of those on their front porch. Sure, the classic, classic flower for the fall. Absolutely, and it's so pretty. In fact, I had somebody tell me the other day that instead of buying cut flowers for um, their um, flower arrangements, they yeah. just buy one of the pots of mums and just cut them off, and they're <laughs> a lot cheaper than buying the cut flowers, and they were beautiful. And they That's a great water. idea. So I thought that was a good idea. Use your, and they'd be fresh, too, right there yeah, out of the pot. Yeah. Clip them off 12 inches high and arrange them in a, in a vase, and you got that's a good job. Right. Yeah. You could even you could even try planting the bottom after you got through. I guess you could do that too. And then come back year, next maybe. year. You got more flowers next year too. Yeah, there you that go. Me. That works just great for me. Let's see what else can we talk about then, Mickey? Anything uh, um, as far as perennials go? Y'all got those nice grasses and things that I saw the other we've day got, that I saw. Yeah, pretty we've there. Been get the hellebores in. We've yeah. got lots of those in. We've got. Do you know, have you grown Galtheria? No, I have not. It's a ground cover, right? Yes, it's a a wintergreen. It smells just like wintergreen. Okay. And we've gotten some of those in, and I just love them. You have to find the the coolest spot in your yard, and they've done really good for me when I found the right place for them. They like the shade. Another plant. That's Galtheria, the ground cover, the wintergreen, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I've got another plant that a friend of mine asked me if Pike was carrying now or if it would be later, and that is the uh, paper bush, Edgeworthia. I think we've got some out there. Ooh. I don't know whether I'm thinking of mine at home or whether we've got some. I'm right. not sure. They, they, this neighbor has seen mine and wanted some now. They just said oh. that's the greatest looking shrub in the whole world. It's well, worth mine it. Is, just give it room because they get really big. Mine yeah. has got the buds all over oh, it. Oh, covered buds silver buds day. all over it. Just a pretty plant. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. What about Daphne? Oh, we got some. No, 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 no. Unless we got some last night, we don't have any Daphne yet. Okay. We'll be getting those in the next, you know, few weeks, I'm sure. So one of the things you can do at Pike, frankly, is find the manager and ask what's coming up, what's going to be delivered tomorrow, next week, next month. And that's one of the things that I like about Pike is you you develop a relationship with the people there, with the folks like you, Mickey, at West Cobb, and other people go to other nurseries like I go to mine in Toco Hill. But it's nice to have friends who will recognize you at a nursery and say, hey, what are you planning? Here's some ideas and things like that. I think that's a great thing about having a locally owned, locally run, locally positioned You know, I used to, when people first come in, I think about, oh, what nice customers. And then I think about them by name. And then I think of them as friends. I don't even think of them as customers. (laughs) I think of them as friends. And we talk about, you know, everything. So it's a great place to be. It's a great place to work. FYI, we're still looking for... Oh, that's right. You're still hiring people, aren't you? We're still hiring, yeah, for Christmas. West Cobb is just the great place. But all of Pikes is just... I've worked at several Pike nurseries, and they're all fun. It's just a great place to work. And Christmas is a good time to find out, hey, I might like this. I might like to do it in the spring. Milton store, new store in Milton is open now, mm-hmm. so I'm sure they would like to see people up there at Milton as well. Yes. Well, oh, all right. Let's remind oh, everybody, Dr. Earth Dr. fertilizers. Earth, all, the, all the Dr. Earth fertilizers, yeah. 20%. And the annual bloom is specifically recommended today for the pansies and other annuals you might plant during the fall. Right. 
And that's it. I guess that's all our conversation can handle this morning, uh, okay. Mickey. So let's get out of here and remind each other that we will be together again next Saturday morning. And then we'll be together, I think, at West Coast in November for a remote broadcast. Yeah, I, I just heard about that this morning. I hadn't heard about it this morning. Oh, well. <laughs> right. When I I'll show up here. at your store, you'll know that I will. that's the remote broadcast. That's Saturday, right. Okay. 6 o'clock. Mickey, we'll see you next Saturday. Where, By the way, where will we go to find <laughs> where all the pipe locations are? At PikeNursery.com. Oh, there it is. I remember now. Thanks so much. We'll see you Saturday. 404 to get you in to take Mickey's line right here. Marsha in East Point joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Marsha, good morning. Oh, hi, Walter. Hey, I Marcia. just have a question about cotton. Sure. Uh, wait, um, what? <laughs> well, a friend of mine has a lot of cotton fields down near um, Glenville, Georgia. Oh, okay. And they told they're harvesting that now, yeah. and they told me that they apply an exfoliant mm-hmm. to the cotton before it's harvested. And I was wondering to make it easier to harvest. Right, they e- said. exfoliant means the leaves are, are uh, just knock the leaves off, off of the chemicals it's a spray to make it defoliate. Yeah, yep. okay. Uh, do they do that to food when the they food. harvest uh, foods, uh, fruits, and vegetables? Do they cut, uh, spray it with an exfoliant? I would not think so. No. Cotton, apple, cotton's really the only commodity I can think of yeah. that I know of where they defoliate it for, for picking the lint. Um, right. um, because all I could think of was Agent Orange. And, it's not the same um, thing. It's no, not no, no. the same thing. Yeah, the it's stuff that's used for an exfoliant, thing? they use various chemicals. Even Roundup has been used, I think, for an exfoliant sometimes. But they have other chemical things that are used for cotton. Cotton, obviously, is not edible, so you don't worry too much about Danger from right. that, but um, to my knowledge, no, nothing edible would use an exfoliant to make it easier to harvest as you do with cotton. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. That's, that's the oh, only commodity well, I can think of where a defoliant is is yeah, used right. is to is to get to that lint. Right. Well, that sort of makes me feel better. Could I ask one more question about my quick. fig tree? Real quick, yeah. Uh, do I need to cut down my fig tree in the winter? No. Why? I mean, do you... I, I don't know. People. Say they prune it. Yeah, but they do because they got too big. <laughs> Sometimes figs get a little closer to the house than you want, and so the people that own those big figs will prune them back a little bit in the winter just to keep them off the windows and siding and things like that. But no, you don't have to. If it has plenty of room to grow, let her grow and pick the figs. Okay, thanks a lot. Hey, thanks Thanks for calling, Marsha. 404-872, do we have enough time for another caller? We might in here. Tina, if you'll go real fast, Tina, let's get Tina in here, get her question answered. Hey, Tina, morning. Hi. Hi. Yeah, I planted a rose bush in 2015 and uh, dug it up for my dad's house. Uh-huh. Uh, he passed away, and I wanted something to remember. Sure. Well, I got plenty to remember, but it was just a gorgeous rose bush. Uh-huh. And um, it's not growing. It's still alive, but it's hmm. just not getting anywhere, and I wanted to replant it. Not a bad yeah. idea. If it's not, and how long since you transplanted it? Did you say? I well, I dug it up in 2015 and planted it right away. Okay, so it's been in, in the ground yard. three years. If it hasn't gone anywhere in three years, it's time to dig it up and make things better. Is it in sun, Tina? No, it's not. When you know when I planted it, I couldn't tell there was a certain tree that didn't have leaves on it, yeah. and then boom. I was, now you found it, out in the summertime. Yeah. That's the biggest thing you can do for it, is to move the rose to the sunshine. It needs sunshine to bloom, and that might explain the whole problem right there. And heck, right now is a great time to move them around. There's cold, I mean, air temperatures mm-hmm. are cold, the soil is still warm. Dig it up, 
you know, spread the roots out nicely, put it in a new place in the sun, and I bet it'll be looking really nice next year. How big is the, the hole, real quick? Do I Oh, dig? not huge. Uh, three feet in diameter would be fine. Nice okay. and loose. That'll be fine. Okay. Thank you so much. It's great talking to you, Tina. Tell them, hey, in the Classic City. Okay. All Thank right. you. See you then. Today's 47 on News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Hiked a hundred highways Never found at 8.53, a Frank Sinatra introduced weather report brought to you by Ackerman Security. Generally cloudy today, a little bit of wind this afternoon, high of 57, low of 43 overnight. Tomorrow, a really nicer day than today. Crisp, fall, sunny, woo, 71 degrees, 51 overnight. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. At 8.54, we have a one-word answer for Doug and Tucker. Doug, you got five words to ask your question. What's your question, Doug? Uh, is it too late to plant fescue? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. the quickest question and quickest answer you're ever going to get, Doug. You're sitting, you're sitting in the sweet spot for it right now, Doug. This is a great right, weekend to go you. buy you some tall fescue and, and get that seed on the ground. Get it out there. Get her so, done, as, as they say. As a matter of fact, we, we do a trial. Um, it, it goes for about five to six years. Yeah. And uh, we look, uh, we put, we seeded 133 tall fescues this past week. Wow. So, uh, and replicate that three times. So we, we put 400 plots on the ground this past uh, Tuesday uh-huh. of tall fescue. So we're we're sitting right in the sweet spot for the, for that absolutely. Got a couple of cleanup questions about uh, lawns this time of year, Clint. Uh, number one, speaking of fescue or any lawn, I guess, when leaves fall on the lawn, what do you do about leaves on the lawn? I would recommend go ahead and getting them off. Uh, it, you don't have to make an immediate kind of thing, but uh, those leaves help hold moisture right around that canopy and promote the opportunity for disease and that yeah. kind of thing on them. So I I, I promote getting them off if. Yeah, I know some folks are rather fastidious. Leaf hits the ground, they got to go pick it up today. But you know, you can kind of give it a, a week, ten days, kind of thing, and and let the the trees fall. But I wouldn't let the the leaf sit on there terribly long. All right. Uh, second question: Bermuda lawns. What do you do about mowing height on Bermuda lawns this time of year? Leave it where it is. So I, I like to see uh, you mowing going into to dormancy at the same mowing height you were maintaining it. Don't don't lower it. Don't raise it. Just just keep it right where it's at. Where is that you've the been same at. for zoysia, centipede, the rest of them, the warm Absolutely. season? Absolutely. Yep. Leave, leave it right where, where they are. Leave them where they are. And same thing in the spring. When they come out of dormancy, maintain the mowing height that you're at. Once they've greened up significantly, if you want to drop the mowing height a little bit then just to clean it out. But let them, let them green up. Don't don't open up the season by, by scalping. That's, yeah. that's not a good practice. What about uh, fertilizing fescue? This is a fall, so what about fertilizing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I guess I could be shameless and help your your sponsor out. Go to Pike and get your bag of fertilizer. Yeah, now's that's what we like to hear. Go to Pike, and get some fertilizer. From Pike. That's uh, exactly right. But uh, it, now's a good time to be fertilizing tall fescue as well. So you're you're moving into that time of year where the root activity and, and uptake for for fertilizer and tall fescue is right where it needs to be. So uh, a pound of nitrogen per thousand square foot now, and say somewhere. Uh, 
eight to ten weeks, come back in with another pound. Uh, there, there are five people in my entire listening audience who know what the heck you're talking about when you say a pound of nitrogen. All right, Mr. White, Mr. Waltz, basically anything with a percentage of first number on the fertilizer bag above 20, follow the label directions. That's a turf fertilizer. Follow the label directions and you'll be fine. I want to thank Clint Waltz for being here with us, our turf specialist from the University of Georgia, based in, Ath- based in Griffin, I should say, Georgia. You can see him on Twitter, Georgia Turf. Spell it out, Georgia Turf, at, or at Georgia Turf, I guess is the handle there. Ashley Frasca screen calls today. You can find her at Ashley Frasca WSB. She has more followers than either Clint or I do on Twitter. She's uh, more just, attractive. And she's much more attractive than we are. Justin Ove is a Frank Sinatra crazy man, which I did not know. But he has done a great job screening, not screening calls, but making sure we were on the air this morning playing our music for us. We appreciate that as well. If you didn't get your question answered today, of course, go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and we'll see you next Saturday right here.